Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Classic Quest. Another one. <laughs> podcast <laughs> where we're going to break down the classic hip-hop albums track by track and give you thoughts and opinions. My name is Holden Stefan Roy. I am your lady friend, Bonnie. And yeah, that's what we do here. And today we will be talking about the album, The Far Side's Bizarre Ride to the Far Side, which is quite the bizarre ride as we will get into, I promise. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. We are going to do the little introduction thing at the beginning. Uh, If you don't like that part and you want to skip it, you can check the description of this video to see when we're going to start talking about the album. But on that note, we'd like to let everybody know that we just some regular folk in Montreal who decided one day we're going to understand this shit and started reviewing albums, not understanding shit. And now we kind of understand shit on our quest to understanding shit. No, that's what we're about. We're like, we're just trying to understand and grow and kind of create more of a community based around looking at albums as opposed to singles and just appreciating what makes these albums great or what people like about them while just expressing what we think about the songs along the way because i mean everybody likes the music that they grew up with and shit and it's really cool to look back at the history behind it all yeah anyway. and for us i mean a lot of it is it's our first time listening to it and so i think that's really cool um like perspective wise like you know somebody who may have heard this album you know 30 30 years ago or whatever um i guess it's not quite that long ago 1992 but pretty long yeah a long time ago so yeah, basically <laughs> no, our, pers- no, our perspective would be like different than yours is what we're trying to say yes, so there we go um that's totally fair uh but we do care a lot about your feedback and your comments and what you do have to say because there's going to be that perspective difference and if you are somebody that grew up with it or who know a whole lot more about far side than we do mm-hmm. you, you have to say really can help and, and just help everyone who comes through the comments after and all that good shit yeah um on that note we care a lot about the comments so we're going to read our favorite comment on last week's video and what was last week's video bunny it was missy elliott of course missy misdemeanor elliott's mm-hmm. which album was it super duper fly Super-duper was fly. The there we go anyway uh on that video we had a comment from dusty clips that guy comments a lot you cool dusty yep uh when missy said you don't want to play with my yo-yo on the rain beep beep she was re- referencing another female rapper yo-yo oh i, I know thought who that is. she was talking about like a vagina so I, I, I thought it was like a weird yeah, vagina reference. Yeah, me too. Reference, I thought it was a vagina reference. Which is, it, I mean, it's the 90s and somehow that made sense, all right? The, mm-hmm. the shit we've encountered on this album alone, you know? Um, but like, we remember Yo-Yo because she was dope. But also true to one of the conversations we were having, Yo-Yo had a hit, was on a hit song back in the early 90s by Ice Cube's protege, Yo-Yo. So that means that even Yo-Yo, who was fucking dope, had Ice Cube as, like, the one behind her. And, like, all the ladies needed a dude back then was kind of the point of that. So I thought that was an interesting, like, didn't wait. She, wasn't she, uh, didn't she sing with Queen Latifah? Maybe. Yeah, I think maybe. Because so. we did a Queen Latifah album at one point. But it was more, like, just an interesting thought that it seems like all of these ladies uh, had to have, like, a cosign from a guy saying that they were dope in order to succeed. Yep. And just like a historical part of like how this seemed to play out. Anyway, so that was just our favorite comment from last week's because I felt like it contributed to shit. It added to like the conversation or the review. It was just an overall dope fucking comment and a good correction because 
That makes a lot more sense than what I thought it was. Uh, before we get up into it, though, special thanks to the patrons. Ismail Gadamsey, Chris Prado, Jonathan Barnes, Lindell Williams, and DJ Black Hurricane. What, On that what? note, what album are we going to be reviewing today? Say it one more time for the Google people. Um, this week we are doing The Far Side, Bizarre Ride to The Far Side. And why are we doing this album? Because it's awesome. And why else are we doing that album? <laughs> because it was requested. From the patron, Jonathan Barnes. Because every couple of weeks, it's going to be a Patreon-requested album. And this time, it was Bizarre Ride to the Far Side. Mm -hmm. But this is the part of the show where we do like to contextualize like our familiarity with the artist. Kind of like what we touched on before. Because it's important just so that you understand where we're at in our experience with Far Side and just in general. So, Bonnie, why don't you tell the fine people what you know about the Far Side going into this um, well, really, I have only listened to one of their other albums, which we reviewed on here. Which was Lab Cabin, California. Yep. Um, and, I mean, they look pretty cool, you know, in that one. Um, from what I recall, I remember it being, like, you know, a pretty decent um, album um, that I'm, I think for the most part I enjoyed that one, if I'm remembering it rightly. Um, so yeah, I mean, we kind of jumped ahead. We started with like their like their second um, album, and this is their first um, album, which came out November twenty fourth, nineteen ninety two. So I don't know. I never listened to this album before we started reviewing it. Um, yeah, no, that's kind of that's it. pretty much it. So in my case, it's very similar. I did. Li we listened to Live Cabin California. I was like introduced almost to like early J. You know, you get the early J. Dilla there, a bunch of other cool shit. The overall, I remember them being like super distinct and flowing well, but like, like in a suits. fun way. Like the way that the album came off, it was like a cool experience. But then other people were like, "Bro, you shoulda." I don't know, I'm assuming they said, bro, that was just how my head read the comments, but like, <laughs> bro, you had to do that bizarre ride to the far side. It, and I kind of, I mean, I read the comments and I said one day, and then that day came. Um, and Here we uh, are. I had no real idea what I was getting into, but as far as... I the, had forgotten their sound, but I knew that I enjoyed it. Well, and I was, then so when I, I listened to it again, I was like, oh, right. <laughs> I was expecting the more like jazzy beats. I was like... I wasn't expecting the content. We'll get to that as we go through mm -hmm. the songs. I, because I remember the last album being more like in line with like what other stuff was, but not like super crazy out there per se. But anyway, we'll get into this album, like I said. But the cover is pretty freaking dope. I yeah. really enjoy it. It's like a cartoon roller coaster, and it's just like bizarre ride. And then you just see them on this like roller coaster ride, looking like they're having a time of their life in cartoon form. It just says the far side and. Let's be real. When you see a roller coaster, it means it's going to be a good time, a weird time, a scary time, an intense up and down of emotions and all sorts of shit. But you know it's going to be a good time. And that makes me kind of excited yeah. for the album. Plus, the overall tone and the coloring of the cover is absolutely fucking next level to me. Like, it's just inviting. Like, it actually makes me want to look at this album, whereas I find most covers kind of indifferent. Um, I feel like you're missing, like, the most obvious thing. What? Um, I'm pretty sure it, the thing that they're about to dive into oh, a, is a vagina. With sharp edges. A very scary vagina. Holy shit, I didn't notice that. <laughs> um, oh, look, there's like also, if you look on the right side, his hat's flying off. And I know this yeah. might be unrelated, but it makes me think of Curious George and the man with the yellow hat. Um, anyway, yeah. but it's uh, the album's called Bizarre Ride to the Far Side. The album cover has that roller coaster, which totally makes sense because mm -hmm. it's a bizarre ride. And it almost feels like, welcome to our fucking mind. You're gonna go in for you're in for a trip. 
And I'm excited to get into that trip. I don't know if you have a lot more to say about how your feelings were at this point. No, no. All right. So why don't we move into the beginning of this album with the for better or for worse interlude. So I don't know what to expect. Did you know what to expect with this interlude? No. It's very short. 37 seconds. And what do we get? Um, So it's basically just like a nice jazzy vibe. I like, you know, it's got some nice drumming. It's smooth. It's sort of like a, a gentle ease into the album um so i mean i liked it i mean it was quick it was it's nice um like my only thing that i have to say is that maybe not for like an intro like maybe like like i think this is kind of something that you can kind of tack on to like the end or the beginning of a song it doesn't necessarily have to be an intro or like a separate thing but i appreciate that it was like separated because you don't always necessarily want to listen to like this entire thing but um it's all right i liked it it was cool i gave it a 4.25 i have like a couple of thoughts about this album in general that i don't know how to describe the introduction without like touching on the rest of the album as you can tell this or if you listen to it you know that this project covers a lot of drastically different and vastly shocking to smooth to fun kind of content like Mm -hmm. basically it's almost like you're supposed to have no idea what's coming next and the album almost gives you like the equivalent of a video game jump scare at this point in the project if you think about what happens here so it comes in and it's just like hella smooth as real nice as real calm it's real beautiful and it's almost serene right now typically if you think about the role of, of like the introduction and we've said this many times is it's like to take you from your like regular ass life and then you're feeling a certain way however way you're feeling good or bad and then the album's introduction or the first song its mission is to take you from the real world and bring you into the world of the album usually to set up your expectations and to bring you along for like whatever adventure you're coming for so up until this point i do believe that the far side did this and then in the next song it's like oh yeah that's not what you're getting right now (laughs) you know like like almost like a hi we're preparing you for this smooth nice experience pop you in the face with the next song and i feel like that is a bizarre ride kind of thing like if you're going on this crazy roller coaster of like sharp teethed vaginas and shit then it's a cool way to flip the normal approach to an album. You know, like, it's not doing what it's supposed to be doing, and as a result, it's fucking cool. Like, it works because it's so deliberately constructed. Where, like, almost like they knew what they, they knew that this album wasn't gonna be, like, really trying to pander to, I guess, the rules, as, in my opinion, based on the content, this album is not trying to follow the rules of what's cool at this time, unless I'm wrong, unless this really was a cool sound, per se, but we'll, we'll get into it as we go along with yeah. why I feel the way I do, and yeah, I get this a 4.25. I thought it was a pretty good introduction, really well made. It, it also showcased Jay Swift's abilities in terms of deep composition, and he does a lot with that 40-whatever seconds. But then, out of nowhere, it's like, ah, shit. I mean, like, it literally smacks you with an ah, shit. Like, (laughs) just like, I mean, as far as it goes, it's fun. I don't dislike it. I think it's a really great transition from, like, this calming intro to this upbeat, fun fucking sound that comes into it. But how do you feel about this track? Um, 
I mean, it's really cool. Like, right, right when you hear it, it's, like, very interesting. And uh, the this, this sounds on this album, like, just, like, the overall, like, composition and, like, creativity that goes behind, like, their, their sound process, um, really cool. Really cool. Um, so it sounds more like DJ Scratchy, and it's really fun. Um, it has a cool flow. Um, Slim Kid 3, uh, he starts off, and he was fooling around with some girl, and he should have been in school, and then he got caught. Um, Imani comes in on the second verse, and he sounds, like, so goofy and fun, and uh, he's aroused by his friend's um, mother. Mother. But his fr- his friend is Greg, and then when he's like waiting for Greg to like get ready or whatever, um, the mom's kind Hold of on. like hitting on him. I'm sitting on the couch and wish Greg would please hurry up because at this point the mom's been like, "Hmm, this is a tasty little treat coming like through." Sizing him up basically, and then she's been he's into that, and then she offered me a cup of Ripple, broke out the titty, and escalated quickly. You just understand. It's like I'm saying, here you go. <laughs> That's that's kind of how the song describes it. Then yep. she proceeds to squeeze her nipper, nipple, said, suck it if you like, but please don't bite it. Now that's, I can understand. Sometimes you just want to bite it. And she's saying, don't do it. You got to respect it, even if the urge is there. Anyway, go on. <laughs> um, all right. Um, and then he basically um, ends up having sex with the mother. And then Greg walks in and he's like, oh, shit. And that's pretty much it. That's like his like. Ah, uh, shit. Yeah. Like, it's just like funny. Like these like funny situations that they get into. Um, and Fat Lip tells a story about um, hitting on this girl he sees like on the, the street or whatever. Um, and then like they like hang out and they start fooling around and it's not until like things start getting like hot and heavy that like he realizes that um, or I think afterwards actually well, he, basically she's suck suck sucking on his, my neck like Dracula I just had to point out that Tyler the creator just made that fucking pun and I knew I had it like it wasn't that original there you go. Tyler obviously heard Farside. He heard it from here first. Yep. Um, but it wasn't all that spectacular because every time I tried to touch upon her tay-tay-tay, she would be like, quit B. Bitch was frightened by and say nothing. Then all of a sudden, as if someone pushed a button, I got a feeling, funny feeling something was wrong. And then like he, he deduces that she has a pee-pee. Yep, it's a man. Um, so, ah, shit. <laughs> yeah, and then so it's just like another like funny situation. And it's just, like, these, like, weird, you know, moments in, like, their lives. And, like, some, like, they're relatively, relatively, I guess, um, like, relatable situations. Like, you know, these awkward things that, like, you know, teenagers and kids can get, can, can sort of, like, end up in, I guess. Um, I mean, it's funny. It works. The whole thing is, like, well put together. It's well composed. I thought it was great. I gave it a 4.75. Um, so yeah, it starts up and what I, like this is definitely not people aspiring to convince you that they are the goat of all the goats. No, no, no. They're just gonna prove that they have creativity a la Max here. Yep. Like Slim Kid starts off with little Sally Walker sitting in a saucer. Oh how I toss that ass up. Mm-hmm. Like that 
that's kind of like what Method Man does, with, like taking the nursery rhyming shit and then flipping it. And I just got in the Iggy Azalea just has a song out called Sally, Little Sally Walker, I believe. Nobody likes Iggy. I'm just saying. And you can like your Iggy. Thank you. Uh, like a mission in the woods, Woody Woodpecker. Now that hit me in the soft spot because I watched a lot of Woody Woodpecker growing up. I can't do the laugh. I wish I could, but I know I would look stupid trying. But you know the laugh if you watch Woody Woodpecker. <laughs> and he would if he could. I mean, basically, we've said kind of like nothing. Honestly, he saw a girl. He wants to fuck her or he did fuck her like he was in the woods. And the Woodpecker would join in if he could. <laughs> But I didn't want to pass it up to the next man, have my Walkman bumping on. And, you know, it's just like this really sillyly told story, like like a killer thriller, dealer chiller out with the Miller brew. And you can tell that they're just having fun with the rhymings and yeah. being super silly while bringing up this this kind of just goofy story. Like Imani's like me and your Imani and your mom sitting in a tree, K-I-S-S-I-R-G. And you're like, it's like the whole like crew and it's great man they're like super fucking sincere with this shit right like like this is not i don't know if it's meant to be like a joke but i think that this is like fresh you know like in, in like their minds are, this is like done super seriously which makes it like three times as great because yeah. it's so out there like it's not like satire to me it seems like a genuine thing and then fat lips verse is just the same kind of shit really only yeah turns out to be like a transvestite like we said and then the chorus just has a lot of, oh shit and whatnot and it's just it's like this goofy like what the fuck did i just listen to type song but it's really well made and they yeah. all rap distinctly different and have a cool sound to them while like you don't hear shit like nobody's saying this shit so it's interesting and yeah. like i could just see how like every six months you're gonna be like oh shit fuck now i gotta go play that song you know like it's one of those guys that gets caught yeah. in your head and from like i just want to say like also um like from like a lyrical breakdown kind of like perspective like most of these songs are like ideal like they are really like well told like stories like this happened this happened this happened sometimes they're like random ass fucking stories um and not they don't really make sense together but um for the most part they're they're pretty like great stories that's all. Alright. Well, it's Jigaboo time. I'm really glad to say that. <laughs> so essentially, um, they're just kind of pointing out how if your integrity is not in the right place and you're selling out with your shit, you're just kind of doing it for the white man. I guess it's just Jigaboo time. And they just kind of like run it through. Like if you don't have a plan, if you're not prepared, you know, if you don't have soul. It's just kind of pointing out. And then if there's pork in your bowl, which makes sense, I guess, because they're probably a nation of Islam because a lot of the rappers at this time from New York seem to be... Uh, they're from New York, right? Yep. They're a nation of Islam. Uh, no, wait. Or, they are from L.A. So I was completely wrong about where they're from. That makes sense, right? Yeah. Because California. Still, I don't know if the nation of Islam was prevalent there, but I'm going to assume that a lot of people were into that in terms of it just because of my exposure to a lot of the shit. And so it makes sense that like eating pork pork at that point is perceived as like a thing you shouldn't be doing you know like it's almost like a bad situation yeah. real big bull of fat you know and then i like how they really drill in the point with the little thing at the end where it's like show them your teeth baby could you bug your eyes out just a little bit and it's kind of pointing out how 
a lot of these like we comment a lot on how a lot of these videos are just like the same fucking shit over and over again and kind of boring to me mm-hmm. i got a lot of people love that gritty aesthetic and shit but when you really think about like the behind the scenes of how a lot of this was conceptualized i don't mean like wu-tang's fucking budget shy with a camera real shit i mean like when the record executives push that shit for an image to sell some shit. That is a completely different situation, you know? Like, we need a street area, toothless and homeless, wearing gold chains, all that shit. Like, it just sounds like this is some packaged image to glorify some shit. Like, hey, be careful, folks. This is what could happen. (laughs) They were right. It happened, folks. It really did. Look at modern mainstream music. And I'm not saying hip-hop. I'm saying all the musics of all the genres don't think the rave kids aren't just as mad as the old hip-hop heads (laughs) i promise you all the old rave heads feel the same way that the old hip-hop heads feel the same way that the old country heads feel it's just truth man mainstream music is fucking written by like four people and it's fucking creepy um like top level people like it's just creepy when you look into it but I really appreciate how they're like at the end, fuck all that bullshit. I ain't going out like no sucker. But yeah, we're all jigaboos in our own way. So might as well get paid and say, fuck it, you know? And I guess that's like kind of the compromise that happens inside of somebody. So this song almost looks like the transition of like somebody that goes from like mocking the people who sell out to caving and selling out at the end of the day. Meanwhile, just the way the music transitions right it gets more explosive and angry and agitated amplifying the emotional state of this track to a point where it very much and effectively communicates the point they're trying to make on this track and i think it's it's one of those rare moments where it's almost like the instrumental makes the song because without that instrumental behind it this would just be as goofy as Jared's on the way or whatever, Jenton or whatever the fuck's on the way later Quentin. on. Quentin. Quentin's on the way. It would be like that if it wasn't for the way the music was done here. And I think that's amazing. And I think it's like this is really good satire. And I was really impressed with it because literally, like the last song has Imani fucking his boy's mom and now we're getting next level satire. This is truly a bizarre fucking ride, folks. Yeah. Um, 4.5 on 5. I was very impressed with this one cool um yeah i mean from from what i understand um yeah jigaboo is basically like um like like kind of i guess back from like the slavery days like this like word came from i'm not really sure like where it started or how it started but it's supposed to be like a dumb like black person or somebody that's like very dark in color um I think that's what it is. So um, I'm not really sure how it works to, with this song, and like unless like somebody was calling somebody like a jigaboo, jigaboo or whatever. Um, but anyways, I think it, they feel that they probably have to like perform for like the white man or for like the white people, um, like who like sign them. I think is essentially, you know, what happens, I guess, and that they have to act a certain way to please them because. I don't know, and like they, maybe they have to like play up their blackness or play down their blackness. Like I'm not really sure. I feel like it's to paint your blackness in this dumbass kind of way. Okay. Like, cause the way you're describing it, that you know, like, is if you look at the part where they're describing the video, it's like make you look like a fucking toothless homeless idiot with gold chain. Like you look like a bit of a buffoon, you know? Yeah. Let's find the ghettoest part of the streets. We got to make sure that people see the black people like this. 
Yeah, and like they're not allowed to just be like not slumming it or whatever. Like they they're allowed to just be can't normal be people. like Mr. Phil Huxtable. Sure, it's not like like uh, Fresh Prince. Oh, okay. I was like that. I'm like Mr. Phil. Sounds right. Anyways, um. Anyways, so it's kind of them just sort of laughing at this like situation because like they're all sort of like jigaboos in different ways is kind of what they're saying. So, and I agree with you very much that it is uh, definitely a satirical kind of uh, song. Um, it's very interesting the way that they're talking about it. Um, I gave it a four on five. Oh, and the the fact that they're almost performing it in this most exaggerated kind of way yeah. but also showcasing they can kind of sing as well as rap right yep. like they're adding that and they can dance i know that at they're least triple threat folks one of like i think like one of them was describing i can't i think it was the, the one with the b name i can't remember at the moment and he was saying how he like fucking almost raps to the rhythm and styles of how he would like break dance and shit which i thought was like a fresh and cool way to describe how you would spit your flows cool um, but would you give it uh four on five all right, so the next one is for better or for worse. All right, so we're back on to the, the songs. So, yep. I mean, do you want to go for this one? Sure. Um, this one is basically about marriage. Um, and it, this, it, like, this one also feels like a little bit more like underground-y kind of sound. Um, and so basically they're sort of talking about, like, if you want to be with them, um like you're gonna have to deal with like their their music because um like it's kind of just a part of what they do and who they are um and like the song is it's the song's really interesting and weird um and at the end there's like this weird sort of prank phone call or like the second half of the song where he pranks someone and, and it's like very weird and like descriptive like he wants to like peel off like the blood what is it the skin on like your leg and like eat your and put his his fist up your vagina Pussy. and like like yeah and like all of like, these really weird things um so you were I, not I did, a fan i mean it was weird um and then there's like this sort of like message um like to kind of like hidden at sort of i felt like a little bit at the end um we're like to sort of say like well black people need to like help out their community and like help each other out um it's the only way for everybody to like grow and so i think there's that sort of message is kind of hidden at the end um but this one feels very weird to me at, like it is yes and like how it doesn't really have like a purpose necessarily i don't agree with you like there's a lot of weirdness kind of go like so, it has a purpose but so when bonnie and i first talked about it i completely agreed with her and then I have my moment of epiphany. Okay. But we can finish. Uh, yeah, so anyways, so if you guys know what the secret message is, please let me know. But I may fi find out here. Um, <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, for me, I just thought it was, like, odd. It was okay, but it was odd. I gave it a 3.8 on 5. Have you heard the song 25 to Life by Eminem? Yes. So he's basically marrying hip-hop. Mm -hmm. So, okay, at first I went through this song. And I thought Rima, Rima Linda was whatever. I didn't really care about the name, but that name is obviously the key to the song. Right. So the first verse, it's like, I met you in 82, you know, blah, blah, blah. We used to screw the dumbest shit because rhyme is true. Can't wait to say I do. Yeah, honey, there's no do. And he just kind of describes, you know, like, I'm so excited. I won't be with this lady for better or for worse. 
And then they don't bring up Rymelinda again, so you forget about that name as they go through the rest of it. And then each guy kind of takes the story a little bit further. So then after committing Holy, and this is uh, Slim Kid at the beginning, we have Imani come in and it's like, all right, I'm in. It's time for me to go. And he's just kind of describing like a, a more aggressive like, Shup, I met a slut. She put me in a rut, G, with the dip that was down with me from the whole front. Now she front me, never too cool. However, I got to get the bread, got to get the butter, fix it up, eat it up, throw it down in the gutter. And, you know, it just kind of seems like it's more more paper chasey, a different kind of energy it's flipped in. And then it kind of just like ends with this more aggressive tone. Like maybe a love ballad is the song I sing. I got to kiss her ass, my tongue, I hold before I curse. If you really want me, bitch, take me for better or for worse. So tone shifted. And then there's this fucking phone call, which is, this is, this is, this is fucking creepy. Mm-hmm. Listen, so I, it's like Violent J from the Insane Clown Posse appeared on this fucking album. And everything about this verse feels like I'm listening to ICP. He's like, well, this is the final chapter of me. We're going to. And he has this like fucking clown voice on as he's going through the whole thing. It's like, and then what I love about this verse is that after every line, the girl that he's prank calling responds like, hello, who is this? Why are you calling my house? Oh my God, I'm going to call the cops. You know, it just like flows on through. Don't call here anymore. You know, it just weird that she stayed on the phone for this whole fucking verse but yep you know like he's tired of trying to make me big but i had to insist i had to insist lay run up your pussy with my fist okay i think we've gone a little bit overboard don't stop it yet it's just fucking weird but it's also fucking like snapped and crazy and shit and extreme and intense and then you have like the message at the end where it's kind of calming it down like it's like uh copies we can't do copies no copies or what you expect me to do some kind of freak show what's that really about what are you talking about and then la and the hood and like how to fix the community and all that shit right yeah let's go back to Ramalina. that's the key to it all right this is about their relationship with hip-hop correlating to what we just heard in the jigaboo track i hope that's an appropriate word sorry if that's offensive to people um still uh so in that first verse it's like 82 it's the inception of hip-hop it's like grandmaster flash and the the message and everything's about being real and being true and you dedicate your heart and your soul to that shit and then you go through with it and then in the next verse it seems to be a little bit more about the money and a little bit more aggressive and a little bit more like you know what if you want me you gotta accept me for who i am but like there seems to be this desire for change and shit Mm-hmm. And then that seems to be kind of culturally what happened in hip hop over the next little period as people started getting kind of rich off of it. Then what happens next? Gangster rap comes in with the fucking extreme shit. And so think about that third verse as a parable for that kind of okay. shit. So they're taking it to this fucking extremeness and saying, this is how ridiculous all of your shit kind of comes off to us, right? And, and again, a satirical sense. So it's just like all of this bullshit that really is just intense it's just shocking it's just blah 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 because it'll make you listen it's no different than the fucking mainstream media's clickbait nonsense today and if you were to satirize it you would do something fucking extreme like that because that Mm -hmm. is the type of bullshit label executives and stuff will push to get you to buy the record right right um and then you have the adg 
who I don't know who that is, but kind of being like, yo, we're not going to copy that person's sound. We're not going to copy that person's style. Oh, you expect me to be a freak show? Like, I'm just your little fucking puppet to dance? What okay. you know about LA? What you know about the problems? Let's bring it back home and drill the point in on what it's supposed to be about. The education and the solving and the knowledge-driven side of shit. I think that's hmm. what the song's about. Well, that makes a lot like more sense. That is the most roundabout motherfucking way to get to that point, And it is so fucking weird that I have no idea if I like it or not. Honestly, <laughs> once it like clicked, at least my interpretation, and I could line that up, I was like that's clever like it's really clever but holy shit is this a weird fucking song all things considered on yo i gave it a 4.35 like it from a conceptual point of view like dope i don't have (laughs) better words to put there it is it double dope triple dope like i don't know what else to say it's that good from an enjoyability point of view it's a bizarre ride to the far side absolutely and did you give it a grade yeah all right, so I'm not I'm that type of person. One of my absolute favorite parts of this album is no none other than um um well excuse me um um like it's just, it's I could say it might rank in some of like my top five moments on this album is mm-hmm. just that introduction and if you loop that shit, I could probably listen to it for several minutes straight. Um, then we get a little nod from uh, Buckwheat. Uh, which is also Buck50, he changed his name to. I put it in the description, his new name. Um, <laughs> he quotes the great Easy e as he goes, I'm the type of that's built to last. And then I couldn't, I couldn't help but hear, if you fuck with me, I'll put my foot up your ass, come right after. And then, anyway. So yeah. I just kind of enjoyed that. I liked that little shout-out. And I like those little lines like that, because I feel like... And, and, like, they're from, like, California. I mean, so was Easy e so it makes sense. But it's something I think that a lot of the newer cats maybe don't do as much as the older cats did. Yeah. And that's those little nods to, like, show people that you, like, listened to who paved the foundation for where you're trying to go. Mm -hmm. So I maybe once would have scoffed at something like that. But now I kind of wish more more of the kids were, like, shouting out random Biggie lyrics to, like, show that they like Biggie and shit. You know, like, that would be kind of cool to see. Just to, like, appreciate it for what it is. Not, like, jack the flow like some other people do. But, you know, like, in general, just a line here or there. A little Easter egg for the people listening. Mm -hmm. Anyway, this one is all right. I mean, it sounds quite pleasant to listen to. It's got this great flow. It features the four dudes plus the featured guest Buckwheat. Everybody's rapping over this nice beat. Um, in terms of the overall flow of it, I don't know. It's, lyrically, it's fine. Like, uh, I fixed my funk like the Thelonious Monk, staying true to the game because I ain't no punk, never been a bitch, so I don't act bitchy. I mean, like, lines like that are so hard for me to look at and be like, that's the deepest shit I ever heard, because it's not. But on the other hand, you can see how much a hip-hop is inspired by, like, lyrics like this that kind of grew into other shit. So, from, like, the anthropologist in me, it's like, hmm, that's actually pretty fucking cool just to see the flow of it all in context of being, what is it, 92 when this came out or something like that? Yeah. And that's, like, early. And to to get that flow, like, smooth on the vinyl like Lionel Richie, that's actually a pretty nice line. Yeah. And for the creeps that's asleep, you better ring the alarm clock. Don't dig what I'm kicking, you can suck on a warm clock it's warm cock i'm like 
okay. Like, that's kind of fucking nice. It's not the greatest in terms of depth and whatever. But, like, when you really just kind of take it in line with the other shit people's dropping back then, they're not saying, yo, I'm the greatest motherfucker. They're just coming in and being like, yo, but my rounds, I kick it proper. We do it right. And we don't take no shit. You know, like, it just flows real nice. And I really, really enjoy it. Uh, Imani comes in, well, I'm dark like chocolate and flow like milk, slicker than oil, smooth like silk. I'm like, that's a lot of talk of your skin. It kind of sounds greasy. I don't know if that's a sexy thing to people. Like, is greasy skin a sexy thing? I don't know. Personally, I'm okay with it, actually. The more that I think about it, yeah, I get the point. I think it's more like the silk and... I just had to picture a woman and then it made sense. Anyway, please give me some room because it's me. You're going to suffocate the fly ass butter. It's Manny the Great. I just, I like this, the, the braggadocious nature of we're fly and we're confident. And, you know, he's the type of guy that'll rock them drawers <laughs> straight to a party tugging on his balls. I'm just like, all right, that's fair. I mean, like, it just sounds good. It sounds way better than when I, like, really try to do my analytical thing because it's not that kind of song. No. Um, but it also f- sounds fresh. Uh, Buckwheat's cool. Uh, uh, see, I'm the type of to catch a bullet in my teeth and call you Saint Nick Dick because you'll get hung like a wreath. Like, wow. It all works in, like, the great composition of flow. Mm-hmm. From, like, a linguistic point of view, I'm like, what the fuck? just happened there i guess it's cool I'm, I'm certain that you can point out whatever movie or commercial or cultural reference of 92 makes that make total fucking sense but i'm just picturing santa claus whipping his dick out because i don't know anything else as saint nick but santa claus yeah anyway snap chin check is what i do to put your head out chip banging knowing to sneak and take i'm like wait a second how the hell do we get on violent aggressive fucking flossy rap Am I hating? No. But let's say I'm on the roller coaster of the bizarre ride. That title is making total sense. If you were to be like, how do you write an album? I don't know that my answer would be the way these guys did. But now that I'm <laughs> feeling this roller coaster ride, I might have to change my answer a little bit. It's, it's fucking cool. It's one way to do it. And then, you know, Slim Kid's cool too, comes on through. I like when he goes, Chili, Willie, don't be silly. I'll take you a Philly and I'll bone her. And that's a double entendre because it could be a blunt or it could be a lady named Philly. Because Philly, I don't yeah. know. I'm certain Philly's a girl name. Uh, Phyllis. Cha- make her Disonia. Change her name to Mona. Bonnie's cat's name is Mona. She's over there sleeping. Yep. Um, put her on the throne. That's her throne, that little chair over there. <laughs> um, anyway, then Booty Brown. That's the one who danced and said the rhyme thing. Uh, well, I shut some down like P.E., Okay, that's why they try to be me. I want a size 10 and I can kick you in the pee-pee. That's me. I'm like, fuck off, man. Like, it's... as I like it because it's so awkwardly fucking weird. I'm the one that kicked your daddy in the nuts. Like, wow. That is a weird... That's a weird brag. It's a, it's a good brag because yeah. he owns it so well. And I think that's part of what makes it work. It's because it's not just like a weird brag. It's a sincere weird brag and it makes it work i don't know i fucking like this song um i'm gonna give it another 4.35 like i feel like none of these songs have hit me with this ah yeah that's that shit that i gotta hear every day but every song has hit me with uh man that made me think about something this is a good album 
You know, yeah. like that's more of my feeling. Like this is good. It's not like I'm in love with it, but this is really fucking cool to talk about. Yep. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I really like the beat on this one, um, and the use of like the well, excuse me, um, um, well, um, excuse, excuse me. me, um, um, like excuse it's so me. like well done. I think that was really cool. Again, like I said, it was like the sounds like in like the songs are just like phenomenal. Um, and there's a lot going on in this song. There's lots of different parts, um, and they're the blank in charge, um. And they each have like their part and they each kind of show off um, and they still kind of each tell like the listeners, the audience, whatever, like what what type of a guy that they are. Um, and it's basically all about like their like mad skills and like the things they get up to and like what they're known for, essentially. Um, for me, like I just wanted to listen to the song like again and again, like it was so much fun. Um, it was like so sick to listen to and it was really unique sounding and I really liked it. I gave this a 4.75. All right. Well, let me tell you something. If I were president, Prime I would, minister. I would, I would make fluxure a real word. Um, this song is another little satire piece. So I have to give them credit. I hated all the skits the first time I heard them. I'm going to consider this like a skit, but it's, it's not really a skit because it does have like an original composition and it has excellent singing. Like their versatility is great. Don't ask me which one's singing which verse. I couldn't tell you. But what they're saying is so profound. If I were president, if I were president, I'd make sure all the money spent ooh on good things. I would have no lint in my pocket. I'd rock it, you know, rich people in the world because I got, uh, I would not jock the fact that there are rich people in the world because I got a girl and she needs new clothes and I need new sneakers and that's all I know if I were president. Yep. So what we can take out of that first verse is kind of from the perspective of if I was the president, I would have all the money. I have to look good, look fresh. I'd have my girl. I'd be all focused on my pretty life, my little perfect picture. And I, it doesn't really matter that there are rich people, which also implies poor people, but isn't said. Uh, and that, that's like such power. Like it forces you to think writing. Like I bet not a lot of people put all that much time into thinking about it like maybe they did but i can see a lot of people today would just they would not care but like so you get this idea okay so rich people in the world because i got because you know, i got a girl i just shows like that selfish self-entitled way of how like i don't know if y'all actually know wealthy people like i i know some people worth like money that my company like i've talked to them personally i've got to hear how they think about things and shit and so when i heard that first verse it's kind of like pointing out this perspective of how almost disconnected the president seems to be kind of but also from the perspective of somebody just dreaming of being the perspective then and simultaneously this person wants to be the president so they're obviously some poorer person picturing it and that's their first priority of what they would do when they get there was also says something about the motivations and the like intentions of people who are in that state of poverty and their ability to perceive what they would do with power yeah but then you got the more serious side of it kind of like bringing it home if i was president i would not carry oh no spare change i would just rearrange the whole government structure because there seems to be something that's messing with the fluctuate of the money it's not coming to me so it's time for me to tell my homie jared d so i'm looking at my wallet I don't know why he's telling his homie Jared D. I bet that just rhymed. Uh, I do not have a buck. Damn, I'm out of luck. Damn, I'm feeling stuck. And then you got the other end where it's like, well, evidently, whoever the fuck's running this country 
is setting out the financial flow from the top down in such a way that it prevents the money from getting to certain segments of this population. So it's, it's interesting to see how from the one hand, you have that more ignorant side of it immediately followed up with a more realistic like, yo, there's something kind of weird going on. Um, meanwhile, it's just kind of like more in line of the sillier side of their singing kind of stuff. But like, I don't know, I give it a 4.15. It was really interesting to listen to, but I don't know that I liked listening to it as much as I thought it was interesting. Okay. Um yeah, Jared D made me think of the author Jared Diamond, but I think he—it's—I think it's definitely not that because I think he writes more about like poli- different sort of politics than what he's talking about in the song. But anyways, um, it is basically what it is. Uh, basically, if he was president, he would change his first priority would be uh, to change sort of just how the economy is run and would make sure that the poor have more money or have maybe more access to things that give them more money um, because there's clearly like an imbalance of um, where money goes and money distribution and so I think it's um, good it's short it's only a minute and a minute and a second and um, it's just sort of it's something I think that we've all thought about like you know if we could you know could rule the world like what would we do what would we change what would be like our first priorities you know and I think that it is something that we all think about especially people who are suffering from like the changes that are currently happening by those in power so i think that they're right to you know obviously want to change things back around um so i mean i thought it was interesting i gave it a 4.4 all right well the next (coughs) fuck the next one is a remix to soul flower an ongoing theme over the last couple of weeks has been is the original better than the remix so i felt to, uh, to do my due diligence i'll have to listen to the original before i listen to this remix so i did and then i listened to the original after i listened to the remix a few times um so first and foremost the first verse in the remix is different than the first verse in the original and i like the first verse in the original a little bit better just throwing it out there second of all the original beats more fast and upbeat and fun and this beats kind of like a laid-back funky vibe which is nice it's a good remix vibe but it's not as good as the original so i'm throwing it out there i'm on team original for this song <laughs> otherwise uh this one's all right it comes in and it's like smooth and i don't know booty brown just kind of says his verse and almost nothing really stuck with me it sounds nice it's in, it's pleasant like to the ears and shit and then they shout out zigzags I mean, zigzags was so last year. Nobody really cares about Ziggy's anymore. <laughs> people like the Raws, and I don't even think people do. People still fuck with OCB. Do you guys fuck with zigzags in your hood? I mean, I know everybody I know likes Raw. That's like the Montreal paper, I think. Uh, if we we had an official paper, I would say it's I, that. I mean, I feel like it's probably lots of places. No, I mean, I'm sure Raw's everywhere. I'm just saying, like zigzags in montreal but like who the fuck uses a ziggy that just says a lot about you in my opinion I mean, mm. to me it's like that says noob when i when i see somebody with a zigzag it's like oh newbie um <laughs> anyway 
Uh, then Imani comes in and it just flows. And again, I don't really know that there was a lot in here that he said that I was like super interested in. It's just kind of random and all over. Like one, I want to hit the jam with your band. Two, 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 you got to play across the line. Three, 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 the plan is to grab the ducats and say fuck it to the critics. Hey now. See what I did there? Because the next line was hey now. And I said it like back to him. See, I can be creative too. Um, I, I don't know. I like the song. It's pretty dope. And then I, there's that shot of him in the ass on the downstroke, which is, again, a cultural reference to um, a Richard Pryor thing yeah. that I, you know, we should watch Richard Pryor and talk really about him. I was really thinking about that. I'm like, there's so many references. Like, <laughs> like we should at some point look really into like, like what he does. I think we're going to do that. And we're going to watch the Kung Fu movies. Put it in the comments if you want to see Bonnie talk about the Kung Fu movies. Because if you put it in the comments... I can make it happen, folks. Please, what's the best kung fu movie that we like, can watch from this era, from like the early nineties, eighties? Yeah, just give us your list. Whatever. Well, you want to see Bonnie talk about? Because if you if you if you guys ask for it, if, I and if we and if you know the links to where we can, find I'll find these? the damn movies. Don't even worry about that. Okay. Just tell me right. what year it is or something, so I can get the right version. But. uh I can find the movies. Uh, I've never even seen Kung Fu Panda. I have no interest in that. So that is you're gonna. I mean, all you're, right. you're really gonna stretch. See, for it. let's just talk about Slim Kid in verse three. Okay. He loves Spanish dishes, but no, he's not menudo. That is a super like okay line. Cause like, I mean, I know who menudo is. I believe he was in charge of one of the countries. And I could no menudo is a is Latin boy band of the same name and launched the career of Ricky Martin. It is a good thank you, genius. I was annotation. like about to say I'm like I don't really think that's quite right. See, that's not it's not a good line. I don't know what the hell that line meant because it's dated. I can dig kung fu, but I flip hoes like judo. See, he digs kung fu. That was I why I brought it up. He never dated chick who has a mom named Bruno. Listen, I I understand this may be talking about the tea ladies or whatever but could it not be that by like sheer coincidence there's some part of the world where a lady could be named bruno and she's banging she's so hot that the other dude's banging her like in the other song right because there's a few times where it seems like they want to fuck moms on this album so i'm just saying it seems very prejudiced against mothers named bruno or edna like what's wrong with edna can't edna edna's at least a girl name Anyway, I just think it's silly. It's fun. <laughs> and that's what happens when I listen to this shit. I start thinking about it. And like, I used to deal with the fuzz, but the fuzz popped me. That's cool. I had the hydros, but they repoed my crops and steel. I chills like scotches on the rocks because it gets paid for the hardcore props. So we used to sell drugs. The cops copped that shit, probably selling it, slash smoking it. And then now he's got scotch on the rock, skilling of chilling skills. And now he gets paid because people like him. I don't know. It just seems like fine. Um, and then you got Fat Lip. I go from Skip Scott to the hip hop to the bebop to the P funk, cutting enough bullshit to turn a tree into a tree trunk. Love it, man. This shit is fantastic. <laughs> Some of this shit. So, like, it reminds me of Big Daddy Kane's level of corn. And yeah. I like it. I think I like that shit. Not ironically, as it may come off. I think it's just so amazing that people were this sincere looking back on it, right? Like, this was sincere shit looking back. Yeah. It was, like, so it's funny because of history. Not because, like, it's really particularly next level. But because 
it's just interesting to me i don't know i don't know how to explain it properly i love the fact that this is all real and then the boldest motherfucking line on this song i know you want to talk about it yep so why don't you talk about it well anyways okay well we could okay i i already have it written down ready to go so if you want to finish up your grade or whatever um i'm good i i gave i gave the song a 4.25 i like the original more the original is more like a 4.5 it's actually banging okay maybe i should have listened to the original should have i know i should have step your game up yep um so okay anyways so this is sort of like the like the background um beat sound whatever um was inspired by the jetsons and i feel like i've seen that episode where like they're like doing like this like dance number so it's it was very familiar to me when i was watching it so i was thinking that was like okay maybe it's just like like integrated into my mind so much um so they're about 20 at this time so i mean it's interesting that they're making like like references to like cartoons and things like that um, and then there's also this sort of like girl wine that's kind of like featured like into this like the song like the sound of it and it's it's really cool actually. Um, there's like a lot of like inspirations from like lots of different sources um, and like different very random different places like that they're drawing their inspirations from so i thought that was really really cool um it's a really fun beat and song and then what you wanted to make reference to um is fat lips verse um in i think it's the very last it's the very last line yeah it's the very last line of the very last of the first four um and it was i got more flavors than 7-eleven slurpees if magic can admit he got aids fuck it i got herpes so um that's that i mean that's pretty like out there to say especially in like 1992 um and it like right away i had to be like how did like i mean i know magic johnson i know that he's got hiv um so i had to like look up and like watch like his announcement to like the world essentially um that he is like hiv positive um and he's like so like calm and brave and like he's and just he so decided to become it. like the face of it and to talk about it in like a legitimate way yeah so it's like he took a situation where because i mean you gotta keep in mind at the time he, a lot of people still... believed that it was only homosexuals that could get aids and this that the next thing yeah so him coming out and saying and it was very scary too because you know people like were dying sentence. you know from it and it's so... not aids but it could become aids yeah and he's kind of like, I'm going to work with this foundation and I'm going to be like their spokesperson and I'm going to raise awareness and truth because y'all should be wearing rubbers. And then 20 years went by and uh, the U.S. banned statistics on condom effectiveness. Fun fact, the U.S. government doesn't post any metrics about condom effectiveness because of religious lobbying. Um and so kids don't learn about safe sex and then nobody wants to rep- wear rubbers because it feels good and, you know, risky behaviors. Rawr. Yeah. So I appreciate the fact that, like, he takes that if Magic Kinumidi got AIDS, maybe we should all be a little bit more honest about this kind of shit. Because the the last line is like, I got more flavored in 7-Eleven Slurpees. It kind of implies he fucks a lot of girls. Magic and Mitty got AIDS. Fuck it, I got herpes. Like this is the consequence to like the situation. And maybe if more of us like speak up about it, it could make a difference. So I love the fact that, in light of how absolutely fucking ridiculous they all come off, they still keep trying to make serious points with it all, which is fucking crazy. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I 
I think it's really cool. And, like, I also, like, give, like, props to, like, Magic Johnson for, like, you know, speaking out. And I think that, like, it's he's just, like, so healthy and, like, you know, he's got the medication, like, like so on, like, so under control that, like, it's completely, like, undetectable in his, like, system that he even has HIV, which I think is, like, so amazing. Um, and, like, he really, like, I think, like, killed off, like, the, the stigma about it and, like, how it, you know, it was such a like a taboo subject and nobody wanted to be associated with it and he's just like you know what i've got it and i'm gonna you know i'm gonna make sure that kids are educated and he only found out about it because of um uh health insurance i think that they did like a test or something like you know his whole basketball team so i just thought that was like really you know crazy um but yeah so that's it um i really like this song um i thought it was cool and i feel like everybody had their part and like again like the beat is so well constructed i give it a 4.5 on 5 all right and we're gonna keep our thoughts on the next one on the dl do we have another song with some weird weird shit in it yes sure do. yes we do all right, so Bonnie, why don't you walk us through this one? Because I feel like I've talked a lot, and uh, if I don't let you talk, it's not fair. <laughs> um, so this one is like cool and like jazzy kind of uh, and like mixing sound. Um, that didn't make any sense, but it is. Um, <laughs> um, second verse. Um, Are you starting with the second verse? Yeah, I just wanted to get like I like skipping into like the most interesting parts. Okay. Do you want to talk about the first verse? We can talk. Because I feel like to get to the second verse, it's worth comparing against the first okay. verse. Go ahead. So here it is. Fuck it, friends or no friends. You had enough bullshit to last me clear to the ends of my term. I hate where I'm breeding a fish and induce my backhand to my fan from my fist. And you're like, okay. He's coming in hard. He's fucking dealing with some angry fucking people. Yep. You know, he's dealing with some egos and shit, and he's just kind of flossing, and he's fucking hardcore with this, you know? And, like, it just sounds like people are trying to mess with him. He, he's kind of tired of their shit, you know? And you can tell that it's other people's egos by the end. He's like, I might have the ego, but you'll tell me who who are tripping. I know when it shows, I can look at your nose and just tell that you're affected by the EGO, you know, on the down low. So this person's unaffected by, like, ego and shit. So we're there. And then what does verse 2 do? Um, so Booty Brown had sex with, um, a lovely sleeping lady, um, who was in his bed, and then he's not really sure whether or not to wake her up or to just simply jerk off because he's aroused by her. It's because he's thinking, so he goes to the bathroom and he's thinking back on the night before Mm -hmm. of his intercoursing with this fine lady that is lying in his bed. Yeah. Asleep. To quote him, I'm looking in the mirror, my cock on the rock. Should I pursue to do you? Or just stroke my knot. That is real poetry. (laughs) Beautiful. While my girl is asleep, I'm caught in a jam. Went to the bathroom with cocoa butter in my hand. That's that's how he uh, he chooses. So he has the actual lady there, and you know what? There's a okay. Like look, sometimes you just don't want to take the risk of the angry woman in the morning. It's a risk. It's always a risk when you wake her up. So sometimes it's just simpler to to get the sure thing is what I'm trying to say. So his decision isn't entirely like based from a place of badness. He knows what's up when he's making that choice in his mind. Mm-hmm. It's also a sillier story this way. So she's lying there. He's lost in his fantasies. And if you don't know what comes next, well, 
you're just too dense. Yeah, and he's like, he talks about like sitting on the toilet while doing this, and like it's very like he descriptive. Out of his underoos, <laughs> sat on the toilet bowl, and let the hand I hold the mic with take control. No. <laughs> it's so amazing. <laughs> I don't know how you don't like this. I mean, it is what it is. And then, like, it switches. Like, in, like the next verse, they're like killing people. Yeah. And you're like, what? Like, one talks about like, so, so like he, shooting like the devil who like creeped into his room, and then like people in the hood are like only out to get you. There's the dog eat dog world, and you're like. What the fuck is happening? Because he's got no, for real. Like it, he kills random. this dude. Because uh, if he wasn't me, he's killing. Then my mom's might have got it. It's on the download. Don't tell nobody I killed him. All right. And you're like, wasn't Booty Brown just jacking off to his girl? Yes. You're like, this is, song is so like from here to there. Like there's there's nothing that like there's no story that flows. Yeah. No. And then it's just completely here's something here's something completely different then there's the third verse which kind of seems to go back to the first verse's concept i don't i don't actually know what the the four i'm sorry but i got distracted and then there's a fourth verse and it seems more violent i don't know it, I just feel like the whole thing oh, just kind of got like, sorry. disconnected. The fourth both is about rappers. It's about the little local rappers who approach them and shit and whatever. So, yeah, the first one's about people with egos. The second verse is about sex or jacking off both. Um, yep. The third verse is about revenge murder in protection and whatnot. And the fourth verse is fuck you, whack local rapper. We're good. You're not on the down low because you should know. 4.5 on 5. This shit's fire. This is an amazing <laughs> song. Like, it... It sounds it's cool. It's the album and, like, a fucking song, man. It just knocks you all around. The The production is stellar. Every time, like, it, I feel like the verses, it, the production kind of matches the tone of each verse a little bit. I don't know. I like it. Because, like, it's just so weird in, in, like, the best possible fucking way. Yep. I mean, it's very disconnected, but it sounds cool. So I gave it a 4.25. It's it's really interesting. <laughs> anyway, the next one is Pack the Pipe Interlude. All right, this is the second time on the album, and I don't even think it's the last time. I, it might be. But it's the second time on the album where you have an interlude, but the other song is like, like the song version is like just multiple songs away. And that's weird. That's something I've never seen done on an album before. And then I, I got it got to like thinking like is there rules like do you have to put like the interlude and you don't because they didn't and then my whole brain got fucked up so thank you Farside for wrecking my reality of how to make an album even further because I mean this little interlude thing shows up and we all know what pipe they're packing yeah it's the type that you put marijuana in and you light that shit on fire and then you go oh. Scooby Dooby Wow and you know, make weird noises and I guess <laughs> and this is this is alright. This was not my favorite. This was like it, it's well produced and it's well made and I I guess it's part of the journey. Like, hey, we're getting stoned. Guess what comes next? I don't know. I don't know. But like <laughs> I gave it a four and it was fine. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, I agree. It's um, very jazzy. Um, I mean, it's 21 seconds, so it's too short to really get, like, a taste of it or anything. And, um, but, I mean, it's nice, I guess, but it doesn't really do much. I gave it a four as well. So, uh, after you pack the pipe and you hit that shit and you get behind the wheel of the car, the last thing you want is to see the blue and red lights and it's the officer. So it starts off with a little parody of Public Enemy. That, yo, fat man, yo, man, they're trying to run a power move on us, man. That, that's a flavor flavor impersonation. Hmm. And then, instead of being, I got a letter from the government the other day. I opened it and read it. It said they were suckers in that, like, pu- uh, Chuck D fucking power voice. You get, I got a letter from the DMV the other day. I opened it and read it. It said they were suckers. They tried to tell me that my license was suspended. And you're, like, you're like, I'm just going to pretend like I didn't even see it. And it's just like, because like Chuck D talks about like being inducted into the army and all sorts of shit like that after. And over here we have Fat Lip being like, well, they told me my license was suspended. I got offended for a minute, then pretended that I never even got the damn letter. And then he just ran out on his car and he drove off because there's a test. And he uh, got, like, kind of whatever put into his verse. Uh, sorry. He then, like, jumps into the little hoopty ride, pumps up his music, takes off to go. And from that moment on, his day got worse. Moving along, Booty Brown standing there waiting. He sees the smoke and he knew that he's on the way. Gets his coat, gets into the car. And then instantly there's a sense of fear. And he's like, should have took the bus, a bus without the silence or some old Nikes. I wish we had good bikes. I bike to work. It's good exercise. He's fucking right, man. It's really good exercise. Maybe we should take a hike. Bonnie wanted to go for a hike the other day. <laughs> and then there we go in this song. And you should give Sherry back those car keys because everywhere I would walk, I would not have to say, please, don't pull me over, Mr. Officer, please. And it's like, it goes from being like kind of silly and kind of out there till you really think about what he's saying. Yeah, he lost his license and now he's driving without a license in a car and his boy gets in. And they're just considering this anxiety of having to be in the car driving around with the fellas in this broken up old little thing and knowing that the cops could harass you at any time. So you're just left with the sense of, please don't fucking pull me over. I mean, I've had mild versions of that driving around with a broken headlight or whatever, but it's it's like driving around with a giant flashing red sign that you have a broken headlight, you know? It's like completely yeah. unrelatable to my existence, really, except for maybe this like intangible way. But hearing this, I start thinking about it, and I'm like, oh, shit. That's like, again, like it's this silly way to approach this really serious topic. And then we learn more that the car has no license, insurance, or registration. The plates are out They're of things. They're a little neglectful. You know, four black guys in the hood uh, in hats and glasses, you know, kind of rolling down the windows super slow to mack on ladies yep. jogging by. Uh, you know, he spotted one in tights. And then she's like, you live with your homeboys? Oh, you're, you're not a good enough man to have your own house, eh? Yep. You know, come on, ladies. Fuck the guy with his homeboys. He needs a little action. That's all I'm trying to say. Be a little understanding. In this market, it's kind of expensive to actually live on your own. It's like more conducive to build out a successful business strategy over time to co 
shit like that. So you should admire the guy who is working with his compadres to stack cheddar over time to create a better empire and keep some money. I'm, I'm just yeah, but the girl just wants to get laid. <laughs> I'm just presenting. <laughs> she really give a shit about the whole story. I'm just presenting this alternate understanding. Like that's the guy who should be getting laid. Okay. Bonnie's like, nope. Anyway, then the third verse kind of shows out the whole like cops coming in and then they get arrested and then it's like you don't have a license you have a warrant 90 parking tickets blah 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 you're all going to jail i'm like it really drives home the point that it's scary to get into a car as a black guy right like with the idea that you're gonna get pulled that, that it's a real fear that literally every time you see a cop it's please don't pull me over every time no matter what it doesn't matter like is any little thing they're gonna get you and that's some fucked up shit that a lot of honkies might not have to go through like i've had the opposite play out i've broken laws driving like illegal u-turns burning stop signs no tickets oh, i'm so sorry mr officer i'm a student and i'm sh- i'm just trying to pay all of my bills as i go to work and i go to school I fucking shit you not. It got me off like literally every fucking time. And it's it's disgusting. It's actually what made me realize a lot of things in my life. When that never happened to the black friends of mine. But I could play that card and it would work. And it was a card I played. And I'm like, oh. So like later on in life when words like white privilege came around. I was like, oh, that's some real shit with the police. That's not even like some pseudo shit. That's some direct shit. Yep. You never really hear about white guys getting shot in the back of the head in Montreal, eh? Definitely happens to other people. Uh, but okay, anyway. It's 4.25 is the song. It's it's really cool in the way it delivers it. It's not my favorite from a sonic perspective, but it's still really well made. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I found it more like... Like, I've got more of, like, the comical side out of it, I guess. Um, and, like... Yes, they don't want to be, like, pulled over because they're black, but also because, like, they're driving illegally. They shouldn't have, like, this car isn't, like, proper they for the road. They have, like, school and shit. I know. They but, don't have like, a choice. They've got, like, a lot of things that, yeah, but he also just is, like, eh, and just ignores it. Like, he does he isn't necessarily the most responsible person. Um, and, he, you know, I think he's, like, mentions in another song he's, like, 20 or one of them's well, 20. It's so it's just as much it. as, like, I feel like, it's not that he's being irresponsible like put put yourself in his perspective because he describes like he doesn't just say and fuck it he says and fuck it i got a test i gotta pass like i can't fail this test yeah so it's not actually irresponsible i think it's representing real life hood opportunity costs do you accept the fact that the dmv has now taken away your license or do you go to school and get your education yeah I don't know if that's irresponsible. I'm sorry, I'm coming off maybe aggressive. I don't know if that's irresponsible. Oh no, I guess not. Like I like I know, like I get it, but like you know, maybe take the bus or there are alternate things you could do. Which is brought up by the passenger who chose to get into the car. Yeah. Anyways, um, I get like obviously like there's a much higher percentage, just that there's you know these four black guys riding around in a car. I'm getting pulled over. But anyways, so, like, it's just, like, 
funny like they talk about like the 90 tickets and like they're like oh come on they're like oh bleh. like you're you're taking us you're taking the car bleh. like they're just like whiny about it too but it's so it's kind of funny like because you're kind of like well i mean this is a lot of shit that you did illegally like i'm sorry 90 tickets mm, i'm gonna have to go with he is irresponsible. But I mean, you <laughs> like, don't... Like, I get it, yes. But, like... I get what you're saying, that, like... I feel like it's, it's like, at a surface level, it, it that's the satire in it. Yeah, this is the actual situation. I've got a broken car with all of these tickets and all of this shit because I probably can't afford to pay all of the things. Yes. So is it really irresponsible? Because that's like the bigger... Like, that I, is okay, the bigger I, I don't know what these 90 tickets are for, but if there are 90 parking tickets, then you need to learn how to read a fucking parking sign. But like, again, <laughs> what I'm... Like, I know and what like, you're saying, but maybe there's like... Like, there's a gajillion circumstances surrounding it, more to the point that they're outstanding. How does it get to be that many? Well, you can't pay them. Why? Because... And then, you know, it's almost like they're just trying to get out. It's like this cycle of it all is it's not from a perspective oh oh we're up for tomfoolery i mean yeah okay they're a but little they bit are a little bit goofy a little bit and like... a little bit trying to mack on girls and shit but it's just almost like hey this is just us doing our regular thing you know living life normally yeah and then also from the way the cops are doing it it also could be construed as the way cops will create trumped up charges to look for you so it's not actually that they have 90 tickets it's oh and you have 90 tickets you and know no that, one has a license and nobody and there's no so it's almost like yeah but then it's like they just keep exaggerating the claims and stacking and stacking and stacking and adding to it which is something that happens so you get pulled over for this thing and this thing mm-hmm. and then they deliberately search like, again i think it's more satirical about how it plays out and it's meant to tell a realistic situation in a very comical way so like south park yeah you know yeah anyway i get it i just i don't really see the the funniness in any of it i just see well, the, the serious whole thing part. sounds funny it's I a know, funny to sounding me it sounds like a really seriously well articulated point yeah but they're like all goofy <laughs> about it like it's not like it doesn't sound like serious i mean at least in my opinion it, you know whatever i don't know i maybe. but anyways i gave it a 4.5 i thought it was a fun funny so, like you know song and honestly like they like in my opinion they deserve some of the trouble that they get into we all know you do not agree with me I, anyways, I was saying that they're not irresponsible and reckless i, I, I said like that part speculation that did and all of, i like, didn't say I, I feel like they chose to break the law over circumstances more yes. than they chose to break the law because they're buffoons I'm not calling them buffoons. I understand. I'm just saying You're saying they're irresponsible they should... and reckless. Well, they're young which kids. Which is basically a buffoon. They're young kids. You know so what? That's what I'm saying. They're teenagers. Your mama makes such a good turkey that I can't wait till Christmas. Mm. This is a silly, fun song with a serious thing attached to it, too. So historically speaking, and I read about this in the autobiography of Malcolm X, so it isn't the first time I've heard about the dozens, which is kind of the essence of where battle rap comes from. It's this little game that dates way back in the day and um, has people kind of like dissing each other. It's almost the cadence and a rhythm and a poetry to it. And it's really inbred into, I guess, urban culture. And it's kind of something I didn't really realize until recently it's like such a why there's so much dissing right but it's a game it's just that it's just like talking shit because you gotta out shit talk the next person so to pay homage to this game 
while also again satirizing how kind of ridiculous it can be they chose to make this a fucking single with a music video and everything it's not that good of a music video to me but they did it called yo mama and then yeah man it's just yo mama yo mama looked like she been in the dryer with some rocks with that big bus nose sucking dirt out of socks held up the ice cream truck with a slingshot she grabbed a bag of cheese corn and a soda pop. i don't really care about the lyrics of the song yeah it is totally what it is and like i understand the historical context of the homage they're paying and that actually justifies its existence like i don't actually think it, like this song deserves it's dopeness and i'm certain a lot of people who are into that shit for y'all it's like the shit and i can even see how a younger me would have really really liked this song because it has that juvenile funness to it the fuck it's just like a bunch of really awkward and bad yo mama jokes it's not like that yo mama so fat when she sit around the house she sit around the house type shit no it's like this shit so i'm like it's all right it's fine i give it a 4.15 i just there's nothing like super shocking yeah there's nothing oh nobody's dying nobody's jacking off like it's just so regular <laughs> all things considered i think she's one of the bums that has a, a hairy tongue and i was like that's weird um i mean it is just a whole bunch of yamama jokes um and it is like kind of funny, like the way that they're describing Hold some on. of them. Your mama's an extra on The Simpsons and shit. It's pretty fucking funny. Yeah, you're like, why? That's how is that funny? I don't get it. Cause she's yellow. I don't know. <laughs> Cause she's yellow. Okay. It's what's really funny. I mean, she's is got that jaundice if she's yellow. She's the, the, the genius annotation on that line is most disrespectful line of the entire song. <laughs> <laughs> well, cause extras, are, I don't know. Maybe they're just irrelevant fucking characters. Maybe. Um, so it is just like stupid humor describing how your mama is like ugly, stinky, hairy, all of the terrible things. Um, and it's just them having some fun. And like, again, like you kind of are like, okay, these are young guys. And you're like, all right, like, like they're a little bit, you know, like you said, juvenile. Um, so it's a four on five for me. But like, it's still but fun because, like, credit, your mama, your mama, your mama. I like, like that part. I j- just keep in mind, it's it's like it's surface level juvenile with like actual depth to it. Yeah. I want to give it its full props for what it's paying homage to because it's not like it's vapid if you don't understand the culture that led to that moment, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just. You know, I think it's important to point that shit out on a review. Yep. Um, yeah, it's totally fine. You could almost say that the impact on this song was passing me by. I could almost say that. I feel like I've heard this beat before and not in this song. And a lot of songs seem to have sampled this or I don't know. Maybe I can tell not. you exactly where I know where it's from. Where do you know it from? I can tell you right away. I think of the film Big Daddy with Adam Sandler, because this is the song that so is in the song. background it's this at the song. very beginning of the movie when he's like walking and he's got like the surfboard and he's like laughing on the couch. So I have heard this This is before. where, if you have ever seen Big Daddy, like the first like minute of like the movie, like this is what plays in the, like, and I've seen it like a million times back in the day. Still, I feel like there's another song I know that used this, this beat. And because it's sampled mm. in 27 fucking songs and I couldn't oh, yeah. go through all of them to figure out 
which one of these 27 motherfucking songs yeah. I uh, heard it from and knew it before this one. I feel like one. I have heard it like featured in somebody else's song. Or, but, you know uh, what yeah. it was? What? I'm pretty sure it was some L.A. F- by Dr. Dre, because on this list, that seems like the most likely one. that, Or She Said by The Far Side also. I don't know, maybe that one. I don't mm, know. Maybe. But either way, I really like this beat, and it really like struck out to me. And I thought it was cool that like some like because there, I, I just like before like we started talking about it, went and looked at like the stuff it sampled, and I'm like, nope, it's definitely not either of these two songs. But fuck, man, <laughs> I just got like my interest in sampling went way the fuck up because hearing just the baseline of this song, which I believe, um, I don't know, I couldn't figure out what it is, but still. It, it just sounds pretty like weird. I couldn't I couldn't place it. Anyway, I got distracted there for a second. I like this song though, but it is quite the track about like guys not getting it. It is Yep. I suppose the literal opposite of what a modern rapper would go on about in terms of the ladies. Um, no, not necessarily. I mean, there's still a lot of heart heartache in like modern songs today too so but this isn't so much heartache as because even in heartache you get the girl true this is i'm so bad at the game that i cannot get the girl yeah i just wish for her like like this is the nice guys on the internet of today who sit <laughs> there and creep and stalk on the egg and the the facebooks and shit I'm like, talk about how they're so amazing and they treat you so good while creepily staring at your tits. That's the type of guys that are in these verses. Um, anyway, first dude, he's like lurking and thirsting hard on his high school teacher. At least that this guy, he's the fairest one of them all. It's <laughs> totally fine if you have a hot high school teacher to thirst on her like that. that that's fair. Like, it's a fair thing to have happen. Yep. He's a little creepy. He uh, wrote her name and shit on the tree and shit, but it's okay. He had to let her pass. He was very respectful. But then I have to give some fucking really good credit to, like, the chorus. To she keeps on passing me by. And, like, the way he sings it with the pain and the emotion and the rawness in the voice is very beautiful. I very much liked it. Um, Then there's uh, Slim Kid, and he dreams of the girl, and he just, again, uh, I don't know if he hasn't gone as far as asking if I could get with her. I just play it by here and hope she gets the picture. I'm shooting for a heart. She finger on the trigger. She could be my broad, and I could be her, the word that rhymes with trigger. But all I can do is stare. And I'm like... Dude, you just sound like a nice guy. Like, he sounds like the guys who complain about getting friend zone. I used to get friend zone. I can tell you what that means. That means I couldn't take the hint that the girl wasn't interested and I kept pushing. That was rude of me. You don't get friend zone, you get rejected. That's the truth of it. You can flip that shit by maybe, maybe, like, there's the 1% chance you'll be the miracle friend zone flipped relationship, but it's not the norm. Um,. Anyway, and then third verse, same kind of shit, really. Um, time for me to voice my opinion. Can't be pretending she didn't have me. Sprung like a chicken, chasing my tail like a doggy. She was kind of like a star thinking I was like a fan. Damn, she looked good. Downside, she had a man. At least he man, he got laid. You know, there's, I guess that's a twist. <laughs> but she has a boyfriend, and um, he had to work real hard because... Well, no, he let her go because he realized he couldn't have her because that would make him a better man. 
Okay. I have nothing to criticize Humanity for on that one, actually. That, that's pretty legit. Smash your girl. Ah, oh, fuck. You got a boyfriend. I can't do this no more. I, that's the most noble of the verses. I mean, right after teacher verse. So let's say it's this verse, teacher verse, then the other guy. Okay. Um, then Fat Love comes in. And again, he secretly admires this beautiful girl, lights her a fucking love letter, literally mails it off, and then it gets returned to sender. It's very sad, but I mean, that's a that's a that's an okay move, right? Because you made a move. I have a friend who literally did that letter bullshit, and it worked in her favor. So it's not like it's impossible. We'll put this now as number two, cause like he made a real move. He tried really hard. It's better than lurkily creeping like a teenager. Yeah. It's definitely better than being Mr. Nice Guy. But all of them have a Mr. Nice Guy vibe, except for Imani, who has a I'm a decent guy vibe, which is different. A decent guy has some integrity. A nice guy <laughs> is just a guy with no defining principles. So he believes that being pleasant and agreeable the definition of nice, pleasant and agreeable is a characteristic of nobility that is interesting it's not nice things are just nice they're pleasant they're just fleeting and shit nobody wants to fuck nice that's all i'm trying to say people might want to make love to nice nobody wants to fuck nice that's what i'm trying to say we got it i gave this song a 4.75 between the stellar beat and all that good shit it's pretty dope um yeah, I mean, I don't really have much else to say about it. Just, you know, about them just Do trying to get the ladies. Do you fucking nice? Uh, I'm probably nice people want to fuck nice. So that's me. She's agreeing politely. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyways, so, I mean, I thought it sounded cool. It made me feel like... Like, I reminisced about, like, the movie, like, Big Daddy, who I know is so random. Um... And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just about not getting ladies that, you know, that you're trying to get and you're just not making the right moves. Um, so I give it a 4.5 on 5. All right. The next one kind of follows suit in yep. terms of ladies as we talk about how there's other fish, dot, 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 in the sea. He has a remarkably fun and amazing voice on this song. Mm -hmm. Like, Slim kills it. Yep. And that video has him sitting there basically looking at a stripper for like half the video dancing and he looks very happy as girls come around and uh basically this is three verses of him pining over a lady that he um misses because he's just broken up and all the other boys are going out there to get some ladies in the sea because there's plenty of other fish but he's still pining and then we get these three flowy verse like but they're maybe some of my favorite actual rhyming and rapping and flowing on the entire album it took a second to register up in my brainium my dome my head my skull my cranium and it's like that ruminating is kind of what you do when you're like fucking taking a time to register you're thinking of the right words and shit mm -hmm. 
and the way that he elaborates that i'm like that's actually really well done my eyes have had enough it was time to do some talking i had to creep through hound dogs that were stalking the slimmy caught me peeping this means she wasn't sleeping on who i was so she crept like a hawk and it just flows out as he like kind of tells a little story and moves on through and it's sad and it kind of gets you caught up but there are some bright moments um there will be no suicide attempts for the slim trim kid because you know there's other fish in the sea but you know, second verse, he gets a little more into it. I reminisce, try to clear up all the mips for an imaginary kiss with you again, not even friends, though I wish that I would mend. And it's like you can almost feel his struggle of trying to get over this girl to pursue the other fishies throughout the whole way. And I liked it. Um, I liked that hero is not a sandwich and a manwich is a meal. It's just lines like that that make me smile. Yep. But, like, it's true because Manwich is more of a meal and a hero is a sandwich. And I really, really, really like to have one. Um, a marriage is a paper. Are they faking or for real? Which is a good question, you know, because it is just a paper. Does it really qualify the power of a relationship and shit? Anyway, I like this song. It's very smooth. It flows very well. It's so, like, you almost just want to lay back and do some slow-ass swingy dancing to it. Uh, like a tango, not tangoing, but more suave and sl- I don't know what the fucking dance. Four point five on five. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so this is basically not to like worry about girls that are like not giving you the time of day, that are just passing you by, and that there are other girls, um, you know, and you can find them. Um, there's some really nice long rhymes on this one, and it's smooth and easy to listen to it, and it's long. It's it's um, five minutes twenty two seconds, so it's a relatively long song, and it's like just like easy to listen to um and i think that this is a good message for young guys to hear um you know it's just sort of like that like the the right woman will take you seriously and realize that you're a good guy and then you'll find love and like that's you know like it's going to take time and it's not going to be quick um and i think because you know they are young guys you know everybody's horny at that at that age and they'll have to realize that you know just like sleeping with the girl or falling for the girl or whatever like isn't necessarily like mean that she's like the right one that she's the love of your life and i think also too like it could relate to the fact that you know like maybe they're they're relatively new out of high school or college or whatever and like maybe they met girls in high school that they had like a crush on and they just like have to like let them go and like realize that like they're never gonna like go out with them and like just kind of move on um and stop like clinging to them i guess and um and that there are other girls who will take an interest in you so um yeah don't forget that guys um (laughs) and and girls um and you don't really need to to feel um depressed about it or anything and you know because it it will happen one day um and i i really like this one it's very fun sounding i gave it a 4.35 well it's been a while the supply is kind of dry people may not use pagers anymore they might use burner cell phones but Quentin's on, on the way. way. Quentin's on the way. Quentin's on his way. Quentin's on his way. Quentin's on his way. So it starts <laughs> off, and it's like, yo, the yo mama remix is whack, and it sounds like things aren't going so well. They're all just kind of dissing each other, maybe a little bit of tension, and then the phone rings. Yeah, hey, somebody get the phone. Hello, anybody page Quentin? Yeah, what's up, dude? What's happening? And then he's like, I'll be there in 20 minutes. All right, that's cool. Peace. Love. Guess what, guys? And then everybody knows what's about to happen. Because, uh... Quentin's on his way. Quentin's on his way. What is Quentin going to bring? 
He's gonna bring the J, and it's gonna be okay. What's a J? A joint. It's a marijuana-filled joint. So, so Quentin's gonna show up with some sacks of some sticky, icky bud mm -hmm. to allow them to elevate their mind state to a, a certain place where a joy will happen. And, and they're already feeling pretty joyful on this one. Well, this is the anticipation. Mm -hmm. I gotta say, on the one hand, Quentin supplies them with the good, and they show out love to Quentin. And it... <laughs> It's not even the only one. There's apparently a whole other song on another project called Quentin's Here. <laughs> That's cute. I'm just saying, Quentin gets a lot of love from these, which I understand. Listen, the Quintins in your life are very important people. And uh, their joy is real. And the synchronized joy, like you just picture it being a real moment. Like if you've experienced this with your boys back in the day, you've lived this no matter where you're from. <laughs> 4.25 on 5. Yeah. Um, I mean, the guys are hanging out. They're out of weed, so they page Quentin, and like, he's obviously, I'm guessing, their dealer. And he, then he says that they'll be there in 20 minutes, and then they just chant over and over again Quentin's that Quentin's on his way. way. And it's just funny, and you can tell the guys are having like a great time together, and they're just so like musically inclined, and like they just go to music. Um, and like how it's just like part of their existence, like it's in everything that they do. It's very jazzy. It's very fun. Um, I like that they just randomly make this super fun song about their drug dealer, like, coming and, like, that everything's okay. And, like, they just fuck around and, like, they, like, fool around with their voices and with, like, what they're saying. And they're just, like, playing. Like, it just sounds, like, very natural. Like, it didn't necessarily sound like it was, like, recorded on purpose. Like, it sounded like maybe it was left on record and, like, they were just hanging out in the recording studio. And then this just happened. I don't know if that necessarily is the truth. Probably not. But it was still very amazing. Um, it made me smile the entire way through listening to it. Um, I really appreciate the fuck out of this one. And it's kind of like a mix between jazz and like Broadway inspiration. It feels very like lively and theatrical and enjoyable. I gave this a five on five. I fucking love this one. <laughs> well, why don't you follow up that pack the pipe interlude with the track featuring the homeboy Quentin himself. Mm-hmm. Pack the pipe. Yep. So this guy has a great beat. Jay Swift is a fantastic producer. And they're dedicated to weed. And, yo, everybody likes weed. Copenhagen what? Gonna get some marijuana. Um, Slim Kid starts us off. Trapped in the cockpit. 4,000 feet. Sky's limit. But we supersede. Oh, we so high. We so high. And then he's falling and he's falling. And it's like, I guess he's just so high. And then he lifts up again because he's finished falling. You know, it's like the crash of sobering up and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I ain't never going to stay sober. Totally cool. The pipe, the pipe. And then we got the next verse with Booty Brown. And it seems like weed is being used as a marijuana device through hip hop. And everybody's smoking. Everybody's smoking blinds. But don't pass them no shit with tobacco in it. Because if you wanted to smoke tobacco, I'd get a skinny white bitch. Guess what? That's what a cigarette looks like. A skinny white thing. Get it? That's pretty fucking clever. Mm -hmm. um, and then he also knows Fat Lab carries around a pack if he really, really wants one. But nah, he only wants to smoke proper green with no tobacco. He would not like it in Quebec. Um... Then we get this very bizarre verse from Fat Lip, where I know you would have started with, but. <laughs> so he's outside about to hit the blunt, and then there's a four-year-old there, and Coco says, don't do it. 
which is fair because there's a fucking four-year-old there. So she sent him inside and then Sherry steadily rolled one and after another one and then they're rolling a whole bunch and they're getting high. But this little kid is looking out the window at them. So he literally says, why are we trying to hide it from this kid? Why are we trying to mislead this child about marijuana? Because I don't drink beer. I smoke weed and it makes me wiser and shit. You know, it's nice. So he says, come here, little kid. Picks up the pipe and gets a four-year-old fucking high. There are just some shocking-ass transitions on this album. Yep. Do you want to comment on that? I mean, <laughs> I don't. I don't really know what to say about it. I mean, I I wouldn't. I wouldn't encourage anybody to to let a child smoke weed. I, but I mean, I don't know. I, it's not funny. It's just kind of weird and shocking, I guess. But I don't know. It's just like a lot of their songs have baked in some kind of real messaging is this like a sincere thing like let the kids smoke pot stop trying to hide it because what it sounds like to me maybe is a pothead who is not thrilled with having to be a little sneaky around children instead of offering a little bit of consideration trying to get kids to smoke pot i don't know i don't get it man to me, I mean, there's a lot of science that says that even 18 can fuck up your brain and shit, and you shouldn't really get into it till your early 20s. That's just the science. I'm not judging nobody. But anecdotally, the people who started when they were 14, their memories aren't quite the same as the people who started when they were adults, anecdotally speaking. Um, they also don't learn the same. Like, there might be something to that shit as a teenager. But then again, I didn't grow up in a situation where somebody might kill me. So, who am I to judge somebody for smoking the cess? Yeah. Um, and then Imani goes right back into smoking weed like it's proper. And then Quentin, Quentin grabs the mic. Why does your mother smoke pipe with crack on the inside? She likes to take a bus ride with a sherm stick in her mouth, preaching about what's going on. I don't know what's up. The bitch smokes a lot of hair on every day, a hard bass head. I don't know what to say. Where the bus stop? We'll climb up. Let's pipe the pipe. So it sounds like they, they peer pressured Quentin into getting on the mic one day, and that is his legit freestyle, and they literally just put it on the fucking album. Hmm. Yep. That is what it sounds like, because Quentin, he helped them pack the pipe. And yeah, then, it's a very important part of being in a band. And then it just just flows out for a while, and it's just fucking weird and shit. And I don't know what to do with this one, so I give it a four point one. <laughs> I mean, I, I I've been accused of getting caught up on shit. Well, fuck that. I do get caught up on shit, and I can't get past the fact that this guy's telling a four year old to smoke pot in the song. I, it's hard. It's hard to listen to that. It's hard to listen to that in a good seriousness. It's not like funny. Yeah in 2019 whereas a lot i could pretty much justify everything else on the album even even the weird shit this one's hard yeah i don't i don't see the bigger point there must be something more that we're not getting but it just sounded weird yeah like unless unless this is like a bigger satire on the music industry but it just doesn't feel like there's anything that brings the point home it just 
I don't think I, any, I don't. Anyways, it is what it is. If if you guys know some secret message about this, let us know. Um, I mean, basically, this is like the drugs have arrived now, and you're gonna pack it in your pipe, and you're gonna smoke it, and then just like you know, like you said, it describes like getting high, and then like falling out of it, like high in a plane, I think, and then like falling out of the plane, yeah, and like it's like, it's, like, you like smoke the crashing, your giant, you go up and yeah. you crash. Um, and then he gets high again, and he's, you know, they talk about, like, all the rappers are smoking weed, and so it's, like, you know, something that's, like, influenced them, or and, like, is influencing a lot of people, maybe. Um, and then, you know, about the whole thing, when one of them gets in trouble for smoking and then encourages a four-year-old to smoke, um, it's whatever, we talked about it. Um, and, like, they talk about... Um, like, weed is nature's way of saying thank you, and, um, anyways, it's sort of, it's kind of goofy, and at the same time, kind of, like, weird and serious, like, even, like, um, Quentin's line when he talks about, like, your mama smoking weed with, like, with crack in it, like, like, this was, like, real stuff that was happening, like, at the time, and it wasn't funny, so, like, I don't really know what to think of this one, I mean, I thought it was, like, a decent, like, weed song, I guess, but, like, I also gave it a 4.1, so... Yeah. All right. Well, they were once B-Boys. So return of the, the B-Boy. B-boy. This is like the old school jam on an album that one can clearly call old school. So this is like super old school music, yeah. right? Because yeah. he's throwing it back to like 87 and shit. And they're kind of going back to that really, you know, outside jam party vibe where the DJ is really owning it and the MCs are just kind of spitting it. Mm-hmm. And they all come through and they spit their shit. And mostly I'm like, okay, so hold on the horse because the forest is like dark. If you can't slide, then stay out the park. And if my preachers don't know yeah, then hop off the ark. Are you hip? Do you need another tip? It's fine. It's that like airy, flowy rap where you're not necessarily going super deep. You're just kind of flossing like you legit did not. There were, there was a really like standout line to me though. I believe it's Imani who says it. I'm just trying to figure it out. So throw your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. If you're sparking blunts with clean underwear, somebody say, oh yeah. I'm like, see, that's that silliness that just like, like, I guess, I mean, I, now it, it makes me go, shit, how many people are sparking blunts with dirty underwear? Like, how many people at the party are, are gross? Like, that's how I start thinking about and shit. Anyway, it's totally fine. Fat Lip does his last thing, and it's it's just, like, the same thing. Like, it's, it's totally fine. I don't have a lot of comment on this one. It really just is this fun, airy, it would be really dope if I was live bopping to it. It's got a good feel to it, and I really do enjoy it. But I have way less to say than the rest of the album, so I'm giving this a 4.25 on 5. Yep, um, same. I also gave it a 4.25. Um, I mean, they're bringing back the style of, like, music that, like, maybe, like, influenced them or um, something that they appreciate or like or whatever, but, like, an older kind of sound and, like, where everybody was clapping along, more like an MC kind of a vibe and, like, there was more scratching and, like, disc jockeying um, and, like, how they're trying to, like, represent, like, West Coast and, like, um, it just, it sounds fun, and it's just, like, party over here, and it just is, like, a real, like, throwback, throwback kind of sound, um, on a throwback album, which is interesting, so, I thought it was cool, um, I gave it a 4.25. Yeah, it's just a little bit harder to comment on, considering it is a little more 
airy and fun it's it's a good way to end this mm-hmm. album because it does leave you on like a fun and upbeat note to end your ride which i think is important as we wrap up our album review of the yeah. Farsight's bizarre ride to the far side i gave this shit a 4.31 on five so i like this like a very well constructed and interesting album full of some very ludicrous moments some very coded and serious points but it's very eclectic and versatile like you got storytelling ego rapping political messaging and like everything you could think of bundled into an album that manages to go on like 18 different emotions on like 16 songs or whatever while still sounding super fun and goofy and weird and so like i think that this is one of the times where the best way to describe this album is actually the album title it's it's really just a bizarre ride to the far side and bizarre is the choice word i can't think of another way to describe this album better than bizarre it's it's just out there in the best possible way and in a really like inventive and you can see how like if i had having heard this like it inspires you because not a lot of people pushed an album into like this in my in my experience thus far i'm certain others have i'm certain they're not the first maybe they are the first but like they're the first i've heard that really went that fucking hard on the the random i know i know it's not completely random but it feels so completely random yep um i mean i i think it's cool i think that these guys are cool i think that they are like genuine friends and that they have a good time when they like hang out and like make music and stuff like that and it just is like a fun and automatic and easy thing like with them that's at least how it sounds like maybe they fucking hate each other i don't know but like that's how it like comes off and i i doubt that they do um and like they kind of just sound like some nerds essentially who like smoke weed and enjoy singing songs together like they don't necessarily sound like these badass guys that you know you expect like in like hip-hop or whatever it's almost like like bone thugs without the horror yeah but i mean like essentially it's like bone thugs if they weren't i don't know without the horror yeah i guess (laughs) without the thugs essentially just the bones um but yeah, I mean, these guys are fun, and I like them, and they're cool, and they still get up to, like, some goofy and naughty, you know, stupid things, but they, it, it's it's an enjoyable one. I think this is an album that I will go back to again and again if I'm just like, oh, I don't know what to put on, and I'll just put this on, because I'll know, I know I'm going to have, like, you know, an interesting time. It's going, it's, I'm not going to want to, like, turn it off. Right. Um, so I give this a 4.33 uh, on 5, so it's 86%. So, I mean, I liked it cool well thank y'all for watching i hope you enjoyed our goofy review of this bizarre ride to the far (laughs) side um thank you jonathan barnes for requesting that shit because honestly uh every single patron request that we've gotten so far has been a fucking sick album not one of them has been bad so thank y'all to the patrons y'all are dope um but for those of you watching it feel free to leave us a comment and join the review especially if you want to correct something because like i said at the very beginning everyone coming to the review is going to check the comments you're going to check the comments especially for a bunch of people just talking like this so you adding to it kind of makes it more fun for everyone coming so even if you want to be mean i'm totally down for it um on that note if you want to see more reviews like this you can hit that subscribe button you can hit that like button if you did like that shit i hate that i say it but welcome to sellout 2019 uh <laughs> special thanks to the patrons just going in for it uh ismail gadamsey chris prado jonathan Barnes, the man of the hour lindell williams and dj black hurricane they support what we do they help us get a better camera days it's just amazing and they get to help 
they get to request albums from us. And when we're on time, they get to get to watch them before everyone else. Sometimes we're very last minute, uh, but usually we're last minute because we're producing more content. It's not well. Some, sometimes it's not, but like this week, it was last minute because we banged out more reviews. So <laughs> it's, it's a trade-off. Uh, anyway, if you like it, you can join the community. We'll grow it out, and uh, we make music up in here, so you can check that out on the channel or on the Spotify's and shit. Links are all in the description, and we hope to see you again at the very next review that we do. Peace. Bye, guys.